I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Afternoon, everyone. Welcome back to Ausbiz Australia's only live markets and business channel. This is a program we call The Call. We analyse 10 stocks in 60 minutes and pick the brains of two expert panellists to give us a bit of direction. Our expert panellist today, a big welcome to Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Uh, Gary, thanks for joining us via Skype. Thanks, David, for having us. And uh, an old hand at the call, Nathan Summersundrum, the portfolio strategist at Blue Ocean Equities. Nathan, good to have you back on the call. And we've got a very interesting mix today, don't we? A, a, a mixture of sectors and sizes of companies, which it, is great. It never gets boring. Not exactly right. And it never gets boring because you send us the stocks that you want to know about. And uh, you can do that via email, uh, the call at osbiz.com.au, or you can get us through Twitter as well. Let's get straight into it. Gary, let's kick off with you with our first of our 10 stocks between now and 1pm, Polynovo, medical device company, uh, sort of specialising in, or they've got a new Burns technology, don't they? And, um, and, and good, good sales forecasts over the last couple of days. Yeah, so we've got an interesting company here. Obviously, um, share price has gone from 320 down to 130 on this decline, and now we're seeing a bit of a bounce, which is interesting. The big thing here is for the company is it's a $1.1 billion market cap. So there's some size here. Um, really, $10 million first half revenue, $2 million loss in the last full year. Um, the plus is for me that there's cash on hand of around eight, eight mil. So not going to run out of cash at the moment, which is probably a big thing in this market. Um, market scouring through stocks, looking who has to raise, which means you get some dilution. So that's probably not the case. That's the positive here. Um, Sales are growing pretty quickly. I think we've almost uh, are on track here to be doubling uh, 2020, which is a good sign. Um, just still going to have a few headwinds, I think, um, in the sector. I think still a big multiple. So really, um, you know, 1.1 billion dollar market cap here, even after this decline here. So we're, you know, we're probably talking around must have been over two billion dollar market cap here. So for a company that hasn't at this stage is only sort of what 10 million and in revenue and uh, and not making any profits. So that that's the, the headwind here. A lot of these biotechs have been um, probably grossly overbaked, I guess, maybe. Um, but the good news is that they've got plenty of cash. Sales are growing there, which is which is a good sign there. It's so far, it doesn't seem to be COVID, doesn't have been having too much influence there um, yeah. over, over this business. So that's, that's the plus there for me. So I don't know. Look, I'd probably be more interested at lower prices than than the current price, um, but I think it's going to be probably limited upside there. I think most of brokers are probably sitting around two forty, two sixty valuations there, so a little bit of upside, but not too much upside there potential. Yeah. 
What do you reckon, Nathan? Um, they put out a, a sales forecast only in the last couple of days, didn't they, on US sales that look pretty attractive? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is about the US story. I mean, they have a really good product. Uh, it's a good technology. We've been looking at it for a long time, and these things oh. barely move. Um, and then suddenly you get traction and these things go through the roof. So, I um, mean, this was trading probably around 60 cents for or below for a long period of time. And then in about a 12-month period, it ran from 60 cents to $3. Um, so that was a peak optimism period. And when these kind of growth stories, the first optimism is as good as it gets right. because you, your expectations are sky yeah. high. You don't know where the limitations are. People are buying the growth story and these things go through the roof. Right. Um, Gary's right. The multiples, you don't even look at the multiples because they don't make any profits. Um, so it's about how quickly they can grow the growth story, the revenue, so forth, which is doing quite well. But Gary's right again, it's a, it's a big market cap, so it needs to hit a lot of things. Yeah. Um, it's going to get tough in a weak economy. Now, the question for this one is, is how much sales they can, in theory, get in an economy. Um, and I think that's where the limitation is, how much traction they can get, how quickly they can get that expansion going. And that's been the big question. Um, I think the multiples are always going to scare people for a biotech stock, which has a pretty high risk attached to it in this kind of market. Generally, the sector looks good because the, the biggest gorilla by a country mile is CSL, mm. and that always looks good. I, I actually think that's the best growth stock in the market, bar none. Right. So in that context, it, is a, it has a lot of upside, but it has a lot of risk attached to it. And this is a market where people are a bit scared, and this is probably not going to be the one they jump onto first. Uh, but I like it, but I think it's a long-term story. It's one you're willing to take on a lot of risk and you're willing to sit on it for six to 12 months to get the upside. Right, okay. It probably will go lower when the market pulls back. Okay, all right. But uh, you're a, a big fan of CSL, e even at current prices. Uh, look, it always looks expensive. The thing with CSL is every year, it'll have a 30 to 40% pullback. That's when you get into CSL. Right. It's going to be around 10, 20 years down the track. So you just be patient on CSL. Right. Get the timing right. All right. Uh, another sort of medical group, uh, Gary, Avita Medical. Um, sort of, again, uh, skin regeneration sort of is a specialty there. And again, sales in the US. Yes, I, d I do actually really like the uh, stem cell area, that regenerative medicine, but I guess the big key here is that, again, 1.1 billion market cap, so massive market cap. Uh, first half revenue, what, 13.5 mil. First half loss, 21 mil. So um, bleeding some cash here. So, yes, there's some cash in the bank. Um, but the problem with this regenerative medicine, you've seen it with Mesoblast. I have to go back, tap the market for um, for, for, for money here and um, to, to keep going. Um, so they just, I just, I just, the one thing I just want to look at it here, I, I just underlined bleeding dollars. Um, so, yes, we got some growth there, um, but basically the, the cost of sort of getting that business has uh, so far been pretty expensive. Um, mm. It is well capitalised, so 124 mil was the last cash count, so it's going to take a while to go through that. So that's probably one of the biggest fears in the market is companies having to go to market, raise money at a discount. Um, so it won't have to do that for a while. It's actually said that it won't have to do that as well. So, um, but yeah, I just worried about the growth there because I sort of saw that the first half revenue was 13.5 mil and they're projecting that the third quarter will be around 6 mil. So that doesn't that doesn't sort of jump out at me as really strong growth here. Whereas Polynovo, they're saying they're going to double their, their revenue in 12 months. So that, that, that does stand out. Uh, whereas 
Vita here, the growth isn't looks a little sort of somber to me, yeah, which is a concern with that big market cap. Mm. Uh, Nathan? Yeah, it's a similar story. Um, the question is going to be is about the timing in the market. There is a particular time when people are willing to pay. The good thing about stem cell sector is at this point, biotechs, especially stem cells, are in play globally. Um, US uh, healthcare sector has been one of the underperformers in the growth story. So they're always looking for growth ideas. And in Australia, we have biotechs much lower multiple than the US mm. counterparts. So generally, there's a lot of M&A opportunities because they do a lot of joint ventures. So then the US pharmaceuticals get to see what our guys are doing. If it's good enough, then they take them out. Right. So that's the upside to it. But again, high risk, a big market cap. It's going to be a tough going into a weak economic cycle where governments have spent so much money, they don't have money to spend. Yeah. So these things are going to be, it's good, but it's going to be harder and harder in the next couple of years. You've probably gone past the, I suppose, the optimum period for these stocks, the smaller caps, especially in the biotech space, because it's going to get, everyone is raising money. When you've got Sydney airports raising, you know, potentially raising money, and Auckland International Airport, these are classic assets raising money, um, you know, you're going to have these biotech struggling to raise money on that. So they'll have even a bigger discount to attract the investors so which means you're probably going to get diluted again yep. i think it's going to be tough it's not the first one i would be jumping in for the risk return at this point right okay um but both of them yes. have huge market caps don't they for tiny revenue by comparison it's 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 the classic growth phase so we've yeah. had growth outperform value for a, about good four or five years yeah and these are the the stocks i mean if you look at a lot of stocks like Niamat, which is one of the market yep. darlings had yeah. a huge run but the revenue hasn't eventuated. There was always revenue coming. But so the market at some point loses interest because I'm paying for future growth and you need to hit five, six years of growth consistently yeah. just to get- You've got to deliver. Logic. Exactly. So then you get into an execution problem and a weak economy means execution gets even harder. Right. So that's where a lot of these growth stocks are going to struggle because in a weak economy, the risk return is just not there for them. Yeah. Yeah. So you look at the previous runs, it looks good but it's going to get a lot tougher in the future. So you've right. got to be very selective. Okay. All right. So uh, basically, you know, for both of those uh, those stocks to kick it off. Our third stock uh, for the call this hour, um, getting into the into the media area. Uh, Nathan, how about you kick off with O-Media? Yeah, look, it's it's your classic uh, play in the economy. Yep. So outdoor, media, advertising. outdoor advertising. They yep. had underlying growth, which is better than standard advertising. So that was the upside for the outdoor media. That sector has already gone through the consolidation phase. O Media came up with a surprise downgrade about uh, six to a months ago, yeah. and that's just been in a downgrade cycle. The sector is in a downgrade cycle. Yeah. I don't, you know, you don't have to be a genius to know the economy is slowing yeah. down. They've just I mean, raised equity, haven't they? Um, I believe so. Believe so yeah. yeah, I believe so. And the question here is now you start to look at the multiples. One, they're going to get diluted for the raising, and then the economy is not going to rebound tomorrow. So there's going to be downgrades coming on earnings. So you're going to get double dilution on the multiples. So it'll probably get cheaper. Um, I would be looking at most retail investors don't get the benefit of the discounted cap raising value. Yeah. I would be waiting for that price to get tested to buy these cyclical stocks. Right. You're buying this in an economy that's potentially going into a weak growth cycle for a period of time. So if you're buying an economic linked stock, get ready to hold it for a couple of years. Yep. If you don't have that patience, now it's not the time to jump in. Yep. Gary, what do you reckon about O-Media? Yeah, look, we know uh, when we go through those contraction business cycles, so recession or whatever we want to refer to it as, um, advertising is one of the first 
businesses to go there. Obviously, the struggle uh, is going to be a longer and stronger here. The, the big one with uh, media here is that, you know, road, no good. Retail, no good. Fly, no good. Out, you know, pubs and clubs, no good. Everything is out of home. Yeah, their, their sector. That's everything. So at the moment, we are all in home. Yep. Um, so it's just it's they're really in the worst possible space here, um, unfortunately for them. And, and this very time, I know things will turn around here, but they're also going to have that headwind of also the uh, economic growth, you know, contraction here, and you know, just whether this is a recession or something larger here. We we, we know there's going to be some headwinds here, um, but yep. advertising spend is going to be on the decline, and so. Yeah, just a really tough space here, so uh, yeah, the, I wouldn't be entering here. Uh, it it is funny, be, yeah. Gary, you make a really good point because, you know, marketing is usually the first line item to be cut when, when big corporates are cutting back on costs. And then the ripple effect of iMedia, you do look at all their advertising and know. it is roads, it's airports, it's train stations all the ones that are not being used at the moment. So they get, they're getting no eyeballs at all, are they? No, just unfortunately for them, they're just, they're just in the very wrong segment across the board. So, um, yeah, unless they adapt, um, they're probably going to see more headwinds here. Yeah. I, would, I mean, you know, if you take the, the other side of the coin and say, you know, it looks bad, media sector yeah. looks, you know, as bad as it gets, what do you look at? Where do you look at it? I actually think an interesting one is Nine Entertainment. Yep. It's the biggest gorilla there. Um, if you take out the uh, REAs and all that, they're not really media, they're tech. Yep. Yep. Um, I think Nine Entertainment is interesting. I think there's downside to Nine Entertainment, but I think when it turns around, that's the one you want to play on right. uh, because they've swallowed Fairfax. So you, you've got yep. pretty good mastheads. You've got a pretty good streaming. You've got pretty good online presence. So they still have that on-home play working for them. Um, it is cheap. It's going to probably go lower with the economy. But personally, I think Telstra should bid on them. Um, I think Telstra's outlook is they're this big gorilla with nothing much to do other than be They've boring. tried media before, though. Yeah, they? but this is a great thing because they didn't have to go through and you know, aggregate multiple players. Someone's already done the aggregation, and they're yep. cheaper than what they did before. So you're getting two companies for less than what the original one was. Right. So you're getting Fairfax for free and nine at a discount. I mean, right. it's the perfect timing. And for Telstra, they don't have a growth outlook. They're basically a boring business paying out a dividend. And the banks fall down. Everyone wants Telstra shares. They could issue a script very easily and take them out. Yep. And then they can package, just like they package sports, they can package Nine Entertainment, streaming, yep. uh, Fairfax Media on top of it yep. and sell packages. That's well, where the, their value is. Their interest in Foxtel was meant to be part of that that yeah. sort of plan was it? I think Foxtel's got bigger issues. I think that's going to struggle in the new world right. uh, because one of the things that we've learned over time is the whole concept of platform used to be, uh, uh, I suppose, a premium value. Yeah. Now that is not the case. Anyone can go online. Anyone can create their own streaming. They can compete yeah. against the standard model. So Fairfax, I mean, sorry, Foxtel struggles to keep that value unless they offer something substantially better. Sports is the only thing. They've already cannibalized their business by putting out the uh, sports model. So in reality, they're getting growth on one side, killing the other side. So yeah. they're struggling to get the traction. And most of the content providers, they can do it themselves. Yeah. And so longer term play for me for Foxtel struggles. And I think media companies by itself will struggle. But when you put it with someone like Telstra, they generated all mm. the cash flow, not enough growth. Cyclical media stocks generate growth, 
they don't have the stability, put it together, it's a much better model. Yep. What do you reckon? Do you agree on that, Gary? Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I agree that Foxtel's is, uh, in trouble. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure about nine. I mean, it, look, there might be the time in the sun again, but um, it just seems to be segregated now. It seems to be everyone's, you know, kind of got their little niche. So it doesn't seem to be a, a market for the mass player. It seems to be the, the seems to be the market for the niche player. Pick your 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 domain, get your subscribers, and who want that particular sector mm. or niche or what it is. So. Yep. That seems to be the the way we're heading at the moment. So yeah, yeah, okay. Being an investor in Osbys, I hope you're right, Gary. <laughs> yep. there's, All right. A, there's, there's always a market for niche players. <laughs> yep. All right, so yep. Omedia strikes out on both of you. Um, let's go to a, a listed investment manager. Our fourth stock for the call. Don't forget one hour, ten stocks, two experts, and uh, our fourth stock, Gary Challenger. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, Challenger's sort of this last leg down has sort of gone from what over just just about ten dollars to under three dollars there. So that's like a seventy percent decline there. So I know that's pretty large compared to the market dropping sort of forty percent. Um, so I think Challenger's been overdone there. The, the actual the last two updates that Challenger have given have actually been um, been quite positive, actually, and probably ahead of expectations there. So I do think. Um, you know, I still think this is undervalued here. I know financials have got some headwinds here, obviously with the market coming off um, 40%, probably only down sort of 25 now. But um, but yeah, definitely some value in there for me. I, I quite like Challenger here. Um, even at this price? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, obviously I think uh, in this market here, you're going to get lots of volatility, uh, lots of movements down here. So I think you can afford to be patient. Um, but yeah, when you sort of see the stocks that you like here, and they if they they get buried for a couple of days, I think um, yeah, this is definitely one stock that mm. I would interest me for sure. Okay, Nathan. Yeah, I like it um, because it's it is a very um, how do I say dividing stock. There's part of the market loves it and part of the market hates it. Yeah. Um, it is not the easiest thing to understand. So the the whole risk management model is a bit more complex. Um, but if you look at the overall thematic of retirement and having superannuation in the longer term, I think annuity should play part of the model. Right. There is no one else who does it as well as Challenger. Yeah. Um, all the banks have looked at Challenger at some point because it's too hard to build, easy to take out. Um, so again, around here, it does become a takeover candidate. Uh, I think the banks got too many problems to deal with. <laughs> oh, I, was going, I was but, going to say, banks are but if just sorting themselves yeah, out. But there's they? a lot of global players mm -hmm. looking for annuities. Yeah. Would easily, if we're out of Japan, out of Canada, they, right. they look, they're looking for the solid yield play, and these guys provide that. Um, yes, there's always been questions about how well they manage the risk, but you know through the cycle they've done relatively well. I'd back them. It generally um, correlates pretty well to bond yields, so we've had substantial falls in the bond yields. Yep. So challenges come off with that. So has Computer Share and QV and a few other stocks that are linked to that because they hold cash, and they're trying to trade the, the yield differentials. Now, I think the central banks are more or less out of firepower here. They, they've basically thrown out everything. Now they're in QE mode. Um, yeah, you can go endless QE, but after a period of time, nobody can get any more debt. It yep. just becomes, you're saturated with cheap debt. There's no yep. growth. So in that context, I think the yields are probably going to hold here or recover, and we're seeing some recovery in that. So as bond yields recover, so will Challenger. 
Um, and I think the longer term dynamics for them still works. Hmm. Um, yes, it will be choppy. And I agree with Gary, it'll probably come back. Yeah. I think you can be patient and buy it over the next couple of months, bit at a time. But I think Challenger is one of those stocks will have a double digit target price um, in the next 12 months. Uh, the question is, do you, when do you buy it? Look, nobody picks the bottom, but I'm yeah. happy to buy it anywhere between four to five, six dollars. Okay, so in that range now, the market. You're saying it's a stock that divides yes. the market. You either love it or hate it. Yes. What are the haters don't like about it? Oh, uh, the haters don't like about the fact that it's not the easiest thing to understand. Yeah. Uh, the funding model is always a bit tricky, yeah. and also they will worry when the market goes bad, would the funding still hold up? Right. And the other question would be how they redo the risk model. I'm not smart enough to explain that, right. but you know, more than I'd say 50% of the market probably is not smart enough to understand that. Right. And that's part of the problem. If you don't right. understand, you shouldn't be there. But I kind of go with, you know, I always think against the market. Yeah. So if the market hates it, the majority of people do. Yeah. I think it's worth looking at because when it goes bad, okay. everyone stays out of it. All right, good comment. So uh, big tick from both of you for uh, Challenger there. Um, now something completely different, a services contractor, mainly in the mining sector, um, Mecca. Um, Gary, what do you think of Mecca? Yeah, so look, we, we sort of learned in the last sort of cycle that, um, that mining services um, is, you know, is, is one of the sort of first to get punished here as well. So in lines of sort of advertising, um, mining services, that, that sort of sector does get sort of scaled back. So the projects there. Um, so to me, it's just sort of like, we learned anything from the last recession, the last slowdown there. It's just not a good sector to be in. So I think it's going to be tough for them moving ahead here. Um, it's already been in a downtrend for quite some time. There's been a contraction in in the business already. Um, yeah, it's just a stay away from me. Yeah. Um, and also, I think we we were talking last week, Nathan, that um, when the, uh, the mining sector goes through a tough time, no one's got any money to spend, you know, particularly in the energy sector at the moment. Sure. Um, I think they've got real problems, um, especially in the US. Yeah. I, I think the problem with uh, <coughs> mining services at the moment is the big miners are a hell of a lot smarter at what they do than they were in the last cycle. Um, they got caught out a number of times. Um, so management has been beaten over the head with broomsticks to be better managers of capital. Yeah. And so when things get a bit tighter, they're very good at pulling back capex nowadays. Um, so we saw at the start of this year, the big five miners around the world pull their capex. So the capex actually went negative on a 12-month basis. So mm. their growth in capex just fell apart. So mining services at the start of the year wasn't a place to be because there wasn't going to be too much. Um, and even if they win, they're not going to be much of a profit margin there. So you're basically doing projects just to survive, which is always a bad thing to do. Um, the biggest guy there is Seven Group Holding, SVW. Yep. And they've pulled back from about 22 down to 10, and they've, they've bounced to 12. Now, if you wanted to have that sector and you have a positive view on the mining services, generally you've got to have China stimulus run, and then the miners run, and yep. then the mining services run. Yep. So you've got a few things to work out before this starts to run. And if you're going to play that, you want to play in the big guy who's going to be there. So seven group, you want to keep an eye on. If that starts to run, then look at the other miners. But I yeah. think you've got plenty of time. It's yeah, I, know, I notice um, seven group withdrew their um, earnings forecast today, basically because of the holding in, in seven west. Yeah, and the other thing to remember is a lot of these mines, not just in Australia, in around the world, um, in South America, Africa, for example, where a lot of these mining services work in, 
there is a lot of obviously there's a health risk coming yeah. through and there's a lot of shutdowns going through yeah so you could go through three six month period where there's not much work done at all yeah so there is a real risk in mining and mining services that yeah. you know depending on the area you could have shutdowns for three months or six months sure okay all right so no to maca but if you want to be in that sector seven group holdings is the place to be um halfway through the call five stocks down five to go uh, we're joined by Gary Glover from Novus Capital, Nathan Somersundram from who's a portfolio strategist with Blue Ocean Equities, and just to recap, Polynova, uh, basically a no on that. Uh, Avita, the same thing. Two billion dollar cap companies that um, will find it tough over the next uh, six to twelve months. O Media, a no. Um, but Nathan likes nine in that space, if you want to look at that. Um, both agree that Challenger uh, would have some interesting Challenger shares at this price between, Nathan was saying, 4 and $6. Uh, it's trading around $4.70 at the moment and Macca a no. Let's go to the, the back half of the call and kick it off with a gold miner, uh, Nathan. Evolution Mining um, had a few... Mine setbacks in the last couple of months, but uh, pretty large gold miner, is it? It is. Um, I like the whole gold thematic. Um, right. You know, if you look at especially um, spot gold in Aussie dollar terms, uh, yeah, recently huge, we hit right. all-time highs. Yeah. Uh, we're talking decade-plus highs. So in that context, it is a, a sector you want to have the exposure. It is non-correlated to economic activity. It tends to do well in market risk, recession fears. So I think gold will do well and continue to do well over the next six months. Uh, now, the evolution is, you, you look at, Newcrest has always had a lot of operational issues, so the sector looks bad because that's yeah. the biggest gorilla and it's always has operational issues. So, you know, outside Newcrest, then you get to Evolution, Northern Star, and Saracen. I yeah. actually prefer Saracen out of the three, but yeah. Evolution is actually not bad. Northern Star actually trades at a pretty sky-high multiple. It's yeah. a market darling. So, I tend to stay away from too many market darlings. So, I think Evolution looks good, but I like Saracen. Both of them, I mean, they've got a bit of uh, balance sheet debt, but that's not a huge amount. The amount of cash they generate, they should be fine. I like the smaller ones better. So if you take a bit leg lower, still, you know, billion dollar market cap plus, you can pick up things like Silver Lake, Gold Road. Um, these are Regis. These are very high quality businesses mm. churning out a lot of cash. Um, Australian uh, miners. So you don't have the risk things are going to get shut down because Australia mining is important. Yep. So in that context, it's positive. So I think the overall sector is good. I don't mind evolution, but you know I think you get better bang for your buck in someone like a Silver Lake or Gold Road or Regis. All right, or Saracen is the one you like. Okay, Gary, do you like gold as well? No, I'm going to be the, the contrarian here because I think really everything's gone right for gold. The gold prices obviously has moved up um, quite substantially here. The currency, obviously, Aussie, Aussie, the uh, Aussie dollar has moved down <laughs> quite a lot. Um, so everything's sort of gone right for them. Obviously, the fear in the market, the market having this big drop here, COVID. So all those, the, the, the macro is very, very positive for gold at the moment. So this is probably as good as it gets for the gold market. So mm. for me, that's the reason why I would probably not, I'd be looking to take money out of that sector rather than put it in there. I just, I just can't think. It's not it's just not going to get any better from here. It's, we've basically, we've hit the peak of all good fortune for that sector. Yeah. Nathan. Oh, look, oh, I, look. 
you, you never know. But uh, the way I look at it is where the market is headed and the risk weighted uh, view for me is still down. Uh, it's probably a 10 to 15% downside risk. The, the biggest problem is you're gonna get first cap raising and then inevitable downgrades. So if you look at, once the market falls 30%, it generally you're in a crash. Yep. So if you're in a crash, it's gonna be 40 to 50% fall. Yep. Um, it does a 20 to 30% drop, and then it does a, a bear market rally for a 20%, and then it falls another 20 to 30%. Now, in that phrase, if you look at historical trends, gold initially outperforms, and then people realize, wait a minute, these are all equities, so businesses might be in trouble, and then it pulls back. Yep. And then people realize, no, these things are churning out cash like there's no tomorrow, they don't have a balance sheet problem, and then they run. So we had that pullback in March, and seasonality also tells you there's a pullback in March, which played out. Yeah. I think gold is headed probably to 1750-odd. Uh, if you look at historical trends, that's where it should yep. be. I don't think the economies are suddenly going to fly away, even with all the cheap money, because the health risk is a shutdown. It doesn't matter how much cheap money you put out there, nobody's sure. out there spending. Yeah. So we have a weak economy. Potentially, we're in uh, a recession territory globally. Um, U.S. dollar has peaked at 104 about a week ago, and it's falling over. It's now below 100 U.S. dollar index. As that falls, gold does well. Right. So I still think gold can go higher, but time will tell. Yeah, sure. Okay. Split uh, split view on evolution there. Uh, Gary, what about cochlear? Uh, look, obviously, great company. It's all about price to me. So um, we saw here at 250. Um, I guess like CSL there when you're on these 40, 50 times multiples there. Um, that's just too high. Um, the thing you're saying, these, you get basically these big corrections um, in these stocks. So maybe they, you get your one decent pullback every year or maybe it's every two years. So uh, 250 down to 160 is a pretty good pullback there. So came back and retested the 2018 low, which is a pretty good level. So I'd be thinking here anywhere near 160 there is probably a good, uh, you know, probably good entry point there. So for me, look, we, we, we all know sort of growth is going to be confined a little bit here. So, um, but it's all about price here for Cochlear. I think we're going to be maybe range bound for a bit, but I think 160 to maybe 200 is probably going to be where the stock might, be, might get stuck here for the next sort of 12 to 18 months. So right. uh, there's probably, probably an opportunity there if you can get that down the lower end of the range there. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So a tick of uh, closer to 160. Uh, Nathan, you're a fan of Cochlear, and I think they announced today they got FDA approval to do online analysis of, of customers overseas or online hearing testing. Um, it's, it is a great business. Uh, I've yeah. got a few friends working there. Um, but it is one in the healthcare... Remember, our healthcare sector actually outperforms the US healthcare sector for about five years. There is no other sector in Australia that does that, you know, outperform the cross-pointing sector in the US. So yeah. this has been a great sector, and Cochlear has been one of them. It's a great business, but Cochlear is probably more discretionary than some of the others. So, mm. and, and you don't want, you know, the good thing for Cochlear is people are not going to do the cheap option. When, yeah. you, when you stick things into your head, you probably yeah. want to get the best yeah. you can. And it is something that when in a tough time, they tend to push back and wait for things to improve so in a weaker economy, it doesn't do as well because it's not something that you're buying for $10. It's an expensive right. process. It so it doesn't actually, it's not something open to everyone. Yeah. There's only a certain amount of people that can do it and can afford to do it. 
And when an economy slows down, that population shrinks even further. Okay. So cochlear goes through those problems. They've actually had multiple downgrades, but because it is such a bloody good model, yeah. people are willing to look past it till things start to fall over, and it has. Uh, I agree with Gary. I think it'll probably go back to around the 160, 170 at some point in the next couple of months. I would be a buyer, but it will take time. Right. It is not as good as CSL, um, and it's probably not as good as ResMed, but all of these things will run into problem or people won't spend as much. CSL is right. probably the only one that'll outlast a CSL. The customer answer. base is sticky though, isn't yeah. it? Once, yes, you, it once is. you get the implant, you're constantly trying to upgrade. Right. And, and, and they've done a lot of work on technology. So yeah. they, the products are getting better and better and better. And they, if I, you know, I'm old enough, they've pulled a couple of times their product back because they had issues. Yeah. Uh, it hit them short term, but in the longer term, investors pay respect for the fact that they are willing to take responsibility right. and fix things. It is a great model, but it will probably take a bit longer. I would say the ones that are going to hold up better in the short term is CSL and Ansel right. in the healthcare space. Okay. All right. So... Are you with Gary? You yeah. should be a buyer at 160. Look, it's a good quality business. You want to right. buy good quality businesses in a bad economy. Okay. All right. Uh, next one, Gary, um, which is way different to Cochlear, supply network, um, commercial vehicle parts, isn't it? Sort of bus and trucks and things like that. Yeah, so interesting stock here, actually. I didn't really know much about this one, actually, um, supply network, but... Um, yeah, so basically they, they supply all the um, commercial vehicles, so trucks, which are obviously still on the roads here, um, buses still on the roads. So um, I think there's been a little bit of a, a slowdown for them, but not, not too much here so far. So um, has been a pretty decent business here, actually, sort of growing around um, last, I think previous year was around 11, 11% revenue growth, profit up 8%. So been been pretty steady. Um so far, they're only suggesting that uh, that the um, COVID's uh, impacted about 10%, so they're 10% down here so far. So not not too bad here. It's pro- probably, again, all about price here. I think currently PS17 yields uh, just under 4%, so we're probably still good, decent business, still growing nice and nice and um, nice and steady here, but probably about probably all about price here, where, about where we got it there. So I noticed it went down to three dollars there. Um, with the sell down, so maybe closer to there, maybe sort of somewhere between three and three twenty, might be a decent entry price here. But not not one that I know too well, to be honest with you. But um, the financials have been pretty steady for the company, so that's that's a reasonable sign here for them. Yeah, yeah I I do read it up myself. Um, but yeah. that, that's what I love yeah, about yeah, you all these that. stocks that people yeah, send yeah. in. You, you have to find I out. I had never heard of them before. Yeah. So and it was actually, great to do a bit of research. Yeah, and I, it was interesting because then I tend to look at who's holding it, why they're holding it, and so forth. It's a good business, um, but it is one of those ones where I found where when the, when the economy slows down, people tend to fix things less. Right. People tend to run down equipment. So right. the capex cycle usually slows down in everything, yep. and they will be affected by that. Um, it's not a massive growth story, but it is also not cheap. Uh, you are paying 17, 18 PE on historical terms, and it pays about 3% yield. So if you think there's going to be a, a you know 10% pullback or 20% pullback in earnings, then the multiple gets to around you know 18, 19, 20. It's a bit expensive to the yeah. market for a stock that's not growing double digit. So I would say, and it's only a hundred million market cap, not that liquid. So if things, you know, if the market falls 
And if one of the major shareholders mm. decide I want to get out, is it is it, get hit. Is it a tight registry? Um, I can't Because the problem with some of these companies is it's it's held by half a dozen major players, isn't it? And yeah. uh, as you say, volumes are low. Yeah. So the top shareholders got 31. I assume that's the founder sitting in it. Right. 31%. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other guys. The next four has about 25%. Right. So 50%, 60% is held by the top five or six. Right. Um, and so the liquidity, and it's 100 million market cap. So yeah. if one tight, of them, deci- yeah. yeah, when if one of them decide to get out, it'll get slaughtered. Yeah. That would be your buying opportunity. Right. It's a good business. It's going to struggle in the economy. Yeah. It doesn't stack up as one where you should be taking the risk. Yeah. You know, in this kind of economy-linked stocks, you want to make sure it's liquid enough that you can get out. So if you wanted the same kind of thematic, there's someone I look at. It's more techie stock, Infomedia, IFM. Right. They're basically a catalog, online catalog of the machine parts. So when people are fixing cars and stuff like that, oh, yeah. they want to order something, yeah. that's what they look at. And they're trying to, from memory, they're trying to grow globally. It's about a 500 mil market cap, so it's much bigger. It's got a much better growth story. Management has executed quite well. Obviously, it's going to have the same slowdown. Um, and, and it's probably a bit more expensive, but that's one I would look at on the pullback because it's got much better growth outlook right. and a bit more liquid so that you can yeah. get out if you wanted to. Yeah, agree, Gary? Yeah, I mean, like the one plus that we're probably missing a little bit here with the um, supply network is that obviously like um, logistics is growing. So we're mm. in terms of basically, uh, you know, the, the online shopping, you know, obviously this is going to quicken the process up here, COVID. So the amount of commercial vehicles on the road here could be, you know, could grow as well. So this might actually be, I mean, that, that transition was already occurring. So the COVID here might actually speed up that. So that's probably the one thing maybe that might, that could be the upside kicker for these guys is that if, uh, if, if there are more commercial vehicles on the road, um, deliveries and stuff there, this, that, that's, that's mm. their little niche they're in. So that's, that's the one plus we'd, Maybe too early to call here, but um, okay. yeah, it is interesting little stock anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, an interesting comment by Nathan though, because when times are a bit tough or you want to uh, turn a business around, a bit like Qantas, you know, <laughs> a lot of its upside has become has um, been caused by its aging fleet. They just haven't yeah. sort of uh, bought any new planes. Um, so you tend to, to drive them into the ground. Well, not where <laughs> it's a bad choice of words for, for a plane. Uh, you, you make them work harder, Gary, uh, to put it a better way, um, yes. to, to eke out the life of the CapEx. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a classic example. Austin Engineering, one I personally own, yeah. um, they make trays that you put in front of trucks to push iron ore and, oh, yeah. and all that. Oh, now, oh. that goes through replacement cycle. It used to be every three years we replace the trays. Yeah. yeah. It went to four, it went to five, it went to six. I'm still waiting after about <laughs> six or seven years. It hasn't come because in a tougher environment, CapEx is getting pulled. People are not replacing things. And bloody engineering, Austrian engineering keeps making good trays that last a long time, so they're right. not replacing it. So, you know, it's one of those things where the replacement cycle in a tough economy tends to get yeah. stretched out a lot further than what you think. Yeah. So. That's why I'll be a bit more sceptical on a personal reason. I've gone through this. I'm still waiting. Right. So, <laughs> and, and Gary, Mason brings up a good point too, because you can, you can look at the numbers all you like. You can look at the track record. But then it is the behaviours of customers 
and how they change that can just change out of the blue and and knock your business model for six. Oh yeah, well we've seen that the last month here. Some businesses have gone gangbusters, and others have just gone into a complete shutdown. So yeah, yeah, you're one hundred percent correct, yeah. Dave. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that's a good one. Good discussion based on a company that. Before we came into the call, we basically knew nothing about it. It's been fabulous. Um, number nine, the ninth stock on our list of 10. You're watching the call uh, on between midday and 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time every market day. Um, computer share. Gary, what do you think of this? Yeah, it's funny, actually. You've got uh, two registries, the last two stocks here. So I'm actually long both of them in my in my ah. model portfolio at the moment. So I really do like computer share. And and link which we're going to talk about shortly but just because i mean the the share price have had these massive declines around 50 percent so we're pricing in two things here obviously declining volumes um also pricing in um business obviously the slowdown in equities and what what comes with equities with you know raisings and the rest of it and um there's a little bit of, of the cash sits in um in, in bonds as well so that's impacted slightly as well but um i think computer shares sort of come out and said the they're going to be down, say, 20%, yet the price is off 50%. So I just think we're overstating here. The two things which are happening a lot faster in this cycle is that so far the volumes for the last month have been double, probably the average in the market. So that's a positive for registries. The second thing is that the capital raising cycle, so normally we go through contraction and then you're 12 months in and everyone's running out of money and then they have to go to market and raise money. We're only three or four weeks in here and everyone's going to the market and raising money here. So that's going to be a plus here for the um, for a lot of the registries there, particularly for, for the ones that go through um, the shareholders. Obviously, a few haven't gone through shareholders so far, but yeah. that could be a plus as well. So just I think here we've probably overdone on the on the sell, um, priced in too much doom and gloom. So. I do think mm. there's some, a, a bit of value in, in these um, registries. And um, look, they're pretty simple businesses, platform businesses, so not complex, can work at home here. Um, so business is going to go on. Yes, we're going to have a slight contraction in the business cycle, but I think there's an opportunity there. I just think they're oversold here. And mm. we know once we come out of the cycle, these, these stocks pretend to do really well. You get really good upside um, in the longer term. Okay, all right. I notice Evans and Partners have put a buy on computer share as well uh, in the last day or so. Nathan, do you like computer share? It's boring, it's ugly, it's probably one that uh, just reminds me Gaurav would love. Um, yeah. It's the classic value play. Um, it's come back with the yield. Um, Gary's right, um, with cap, uh, cap raisings coming through at this level. Uh, I think it's interesting that the cap raising, a lot of corporates have learned from the previous cycle that you know, there's probably another leg lower for the market. If you raise now, you, you don't have to issue as many shares. If right. you wait, get smashed again, and you've got to raise a hell of a lot more. Um, so in that context, I think it's positive. I think the yields have seen the bottom. I mean, there's not a lot to go. I mean, US 10-year is at you know, less than 1%, and Aussie is less yep. than 1%. So I don't think it'll go too far lower. So I think that most of the negative news is priced in. Um, it's not sexy, but I think it'll do okay. Um, I think you want to buy this below 10 bucks any kind of weakness in the market will come below 10 bucks and you can pick it up. Um, you've got to sit in it, it's probably not going to move a lot. Another one that's similar to this for me is one of my preferred defensive plays is ASX. Right. Um, I think it's a great business model. Uh, it's potentially an M&A target. Um, puts out, grossed up about four, four and a half percent yield. 
Um, you know, turnover is high. I don't see turnover suddenly disappearing. I mean, March was ridiculously high, yeah. but I think turnover will remain relatively elevated. Um, I think, you know, when you look at asset classes, you're not going to get much in fixed income. You're not going to get much in property going forward. I think you look at, uh, you know, where else are you going to go? You know, the average um, retiree needs 6 7% return to yeah. make it work. The only place is uh, equities. So I expect volumes to be relatively good. Uh, so I think it'll be good for ASX. Computer share should do well. I prefer ASX over computer okay. share. All right. Um, so computer share administers, obviously, corporate registries. Um, link administration is our final stock in the call. Uh, still administrators, Gary, uh, you love the sector. Um, they're in, in super funds, aren't they? They're, they're specialty. Yeah, so very similar to uh, computer share there. So, yeah, and no, I really like this up. Again, we've gone from $7 down to uh, sub $3. So we're talking about a 55 60% decline in the share price. Just We just see these stocks classically come out of these cycles there. Look, I, I do like the ASX there, but the thing about the ASX is you never get the, the big declines and then you never get the big recovery. So right. if you want to go a little bit sexier in this cycle, then I think the registries tend to get, they tend to get mm. hit a bit harder and then they tend to recover a bit larger. So okay. the ASX is probably the safe play, um, but you're not going to get your big return here. Whereas I think computer share and link, I, mean, I think my computer share, I'm already up 20% already. And it's already had a pretty decent bounce. And I've, but I think that's only just a smidgen of what it can do. So mm. I think link's going to be the same here. I think you'll get a reasonable, like a really good size recovery in these stocks here. So if you if you had a choice between Link and Computer Share, who would you go? Computer Share. Right. Okay. Only 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 because I can uh, I can write covered calls against Computer Share where I can't can't do them over Link. Okay. Nathan. Yeah. Look, a couple of years ago, these platform stocks, uh, um, superannuation administration platform yep. stocks, were all the rage. Um, Hub is probably the the best that everyone knows. It probably has the best customer. Um, I suppose attraction model. Yeah. Um, again, you know, as with anything, when it, when the early days and you get attracting money, it all looks good. Then you get to a level where everyone's like, "Oh, that's a good business. I'll get into that." And people come on. Competition margins then start to get squeezed and gets yeah. tougher. There's a lot of people doing that now. Um, it's not that hard. There's a lot of third-party software you can get up and running. So in that context, I would say you've got to be a bit more careful in the administration side of things. I would lean towards computer share. I think the heyday for the platform administration players is probably over. It's going to get tougher. Right. I just think the risk return just doesn't work for me. So I prefer computer share. Right. Okay. Perfect. All right. Um, and you reckon Hub's a better option? Well, I, I think it's the best stock and it's come back. I mean, it came back to what, uh, 650 odd? Yep. Um, and I think it'll get back to around the 10 to $12. Right. Um, you know, at the peak cycle, it was probably around $14, $15, but I think it'll struggle to get there. I, I think if I, if I had to pick one to play, I'd go with Hub, ah. uh, because Hub's got a pretty good model that most of the um, users like, yep. and I always like the customers loving it, so they, mm. they tend to you know, okay. be sticky. Hub's one of the better ones. Uh, Gary, this is your sweet spot. What do you, what do you think of Hub? Um... I prefer computer share myself. Yeah, I just feel a bit safer there. Uh, I'm I love price action as well. So looking at whether there's accumulation, will we go back and retest old lows? I just I like the computer shares come back and retested an old low gone slightly below. It just seems to be big volume coming in. 
uh, accumulation in the last sort of three or four weeks, and now we're starting to kick up out of that band. So I really like that, whereas sort of Hub has had a bounce here, but I just see declining yeah. volume, so I don't see the commitment from the market coming into the stock here. So, All right, gents, thank you for that. Really appreciate your time today. Gary Glover from Novus Capital. Nathan Somers under him, the uh, portfolio strategist for Blue Ocean Equities. Really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for the list of stocks that you sent through to today as well. It was a really, really good mixture, and we've all learned something from it, which is fabulous. I'll see you same time tomorrow for the call between 12 p.m. and 1 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can send through suggestions of stocks you want us to uh, to cover uh, on Twitter at AusBizTV and email the call at.